0: Welcome to the Cowboy Jesus Podcast. It's great to come to you here. It is a Sunday afternoon here in Littleton, Colorado. I'm in the church basement of Columbine United Church. I'm very grateful to Columbine for hosting this podcast, giving me the space and time to make it possible. We are riding the rodeo of religion and life on the Cowboy Jesus Podcast. If you've listened to the past several podcasts, we have covered some amazing territory, fascinating people to talk with. But today, I have a special guest with me. This is not a, uh, a stranger to me. This is someone who I would consider one of my best friends. He is a colleague. He is a mentor. But I am honored to know that if my life was ever in a jam and I needed someone to give me help, that I could call Mitch Samuel up 24-7. And I know that Mitch Samuel would be there to... Uh, to lend a helping hand. So Mitch, Samuel, it is great to have you with me here in the studio. Thank
1: you. This is great. Thank you.
0: And we are, this is not planned in any way, shape, or form. I have one thing I'm going to talk with Mitch about, and then we're just going to rock and roll. We're going to see where this goes. All right, Mitch, here's my thing. There's a guy in the cowboy Western world called Ian Tyson, and something happened to Ian where, and ever since I hear Ian play, Ian passed away two weeks ago. Excuse me, everybody. I'm fighting some kind of coughing cold, so I'm gonna be coughing throughout this. Ian, um, and every time I hear Ian, I think, God, I gotta talk with Mitch about this. So, back in the 1980s, there was a renaissance of music for the Western cowboy world, which is kind of a subculture of the country Western music. But for those people who listen, there's quite a following Ian Tyson was like the person that brought about this renaissance in music. He has a voice that is like gold. He can play the guitar like none other. He put together an amazing band, recorded several uh, albums in his death. There have been several podcasts and radio shows i listen listened to where people have been giving a tribute to Ian and how they have mentored him and how they have guided him. People like Bren Hill, another person I listen to a lot to, says that because of Ian, he really had his launch. Well, it was about... 10 years ago uh, that Ian suffered a major heart attack, major heart attack, came out of nowhere, and they had to intubate him to keep him alive. Well, uh, they kept him alive. He lived. But when they took the tube out, they destroyed his vocal cords, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and he lost that voice. And he thought his career was over. But he wasn't done. You could tell he wasn't done. And he taught himself to sing. He sounded like... He was smoking 12 cigarettes 12 packs of cigarettes a day his voice sounded terrible but you could just tell he wasn't done he still had this creative thing in him that kept on coming that said i i've got to do this he could he didn't have any option he had to create every time i hear ian and he sounds like oh terrible singing but his music is good he still plays guitar. Mm. He has this great band. He just sounds terrible. But you gotta say, the guy's doing it. What Absolutely. do you think about that?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think you, you were saying it. It's in him. It's in him. No. It's it's not people often say, what do I do for a living, right? And I guess my answer is I'm a piano player, I'm a musician. But it's more than that. And what I've tried to start saying is I'm a creative. Yeah. Yeah. I, so more, more specifically, I use the medium of piano or, or keyboard to express my creativity. I'm not an artist, like with a paintbrush. Th- right. That's not my world. So this guy, he played the guitar and sang. That was something right. he did. But be, above that, he's a creative. That's what's driving him. So that his creative is what was driving him to create. He chose the medium of music. Einstein played violin.
0: Yeah, right. That
1: was his choice. Now, I don't know that I would call Einstein a creative in the sense we're talking about it. He was a creative in that he was a genius in physics and math. But he chose violin as an avenue for his creativity. But I think his creativity might have been with a small C. Because physics and and that was really where he got excited. That's where he was creative. So this guy, it sounds like he was a is was a creative, and he was going to create. Because you said it when in your introduction of him, you said it. You even made a little face for those who can't see us when you talked about his voice. You know, you're like, boy, his voice just like twelve packs of cigarettes, right? But you're still touched by his music. You're oh, touched yeah. by his message. You're touched right. by his creativity.
0: I mean, he just didn't stop. I mean, he also started mentoring people. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. He mentored people. He guide, guided people. And he, uh, some of his, I will say some of his best uh, lyrics um, came out of it. And, he, and his voice, as much as it sucked, you could tell if he was singing it, they'd be incredible songs. And it just... Yeah. I just love the fact that he never ever gave up, and that's one of the things you and I have often talked about in our career of working together. You just can't give up. You got to keep on as long as you got a pulse. You got to keep on doing. You're shaking your head like you agree, agree, agree. Go well, because when
1: you use the word "he never gave up," see, I think there's nothing to give up. I mean, he's at that level.
0: Right. Right.
1: Uh let's just use Tiger Woods as an example. We can agree that he's a great golfer. We can agree that right. Tiger Woods is a great golfer. Right. Giving up golf, that's not a thing. He's a golfer. Right. That's like saying to you and I uh, give up being a, a man, give up being. Right. Well, how do I do that? Like I can't do that. It's my DNA. It's it's right. it's it's in the the web, it's in the weave. Yeah. So there's no giving it up where I think other people who maybe dabble you know they dabble they they don't give it to ten thousand hours they don't keep trying and keep trying well they can give it up because they're not losing anything genetically they haven't lost anything that maybe not have been the right thing for them to do but they where this man and you and i giving up creating is not on the table that that's not an option i can't give it up because that's my dna so
0: yeah i mean because he like people like that he mentored, like Brent Hill, is it's in his DNA. He creates music. It flows out of him, and it's beautiful, incredible. And people joke it's cowboy music, whatever. It's still beautiful, beautiful music. And so I think you're right. If it's your DNA... You can't, st- you've got to do, I mean, it's like in the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, if you if you cannot bring out what's within you, you're going to die. Something, something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. So what's in you? You're creative. What are you creating lately?
1: I, you know, I, Barry Brown and I, my good friend who you know, Barry, very well, another creative, right. I, I'm not creating a lot, and that's not good for me. That I can tell my flowers shrinking when I'm not creating because I'm spending so much of my time concerned with like we said in the sermon paying the bills doing those things and even as you know from your own experience as a writer and you know this about me as a writer well then maybe mitch you need to make that commitment to get up an hour earlier and give yourself that time because you know as well as i do when we create we're better people we're better husbands we're better fathers we're better preachers we're better musicians right i i one of the things I do is I play other people's music as a music director. I'm hired to play it so, so that you will come see a show. Well, my job is to play other people. Now, that's creative. That, that's right, creative. Right, right. But it's not my creation, me creating my thing. I, I'm not a great singer. singer singing is not <laughs> my gift, okay? But yet when I and sing— And if
0: you sang, right, you would be killer.
1: And if I sing something I wrote—
0: it's, you can do it. It's totally different. Yeah, I, but I interrupted you. Go back. Go back. I interrupted you. This man is this this man who you talked Ian about. Ian Tyson.
1: Ian. After the surgery, your ears say his voice is not what it was. Okay? Right. That's that's essentially what you're saying. But yet, when he emotes, sings, performs one of something he wrote genetically. Right. It's never going to be more beautiful. I don't right. care. I don't care oh, who sings that's a it. great it. If Maria Callas, one of the greatest right. opera singers, sang his song, you would be as moved by it, right? Because it's his. Stephen Schwartz, who wrote, who wrote Pippin and Wicked, he. You can see him on YouTube singing some of his music in concert. Wow. Stephen Schwartz does not have a beautiful voice. He has people like Kristen Chenoweth, Idina Menzel, sing his music at Wicked. But when Stephen Schwartz sings something that Stephen Schwartz wrote, it's beautiful because it's it's genetic. It's not someone thinking, oh, I'm going to be sad right here because Stephen knows why he wrote it. So, like, when I play, one of the things I do, and I'm not doing it enough, is, I, like, I'll put these silly things up on Facebook. People have seen them where I rock, piano rob. I just <laughs> yeah, go to someone's right. house or I find right. a piano in the street and I do something of it.
0: Which is – which is, if people, are, are these like on your YouTube channel? Because yeah, yeah, people have got to see these. Yeah, Piano Rob. So, so yeah. uh, Mitch, face Mitch if they want to see it, YouTube Mitch Samuel? Yeah, Mitch Samuel. Yeah, and you'll yeah. find me. You'll find
1: yeah. them. And it's they're so fine. fun for me because as a creative, and I'm wondering now about you with this because you're a writer. I wonder about this with you. With me, when I'm at a piano in a park and I'm going to Piano Rob, I'm in someone's home and I'm going to Piano Rob, it's a one-off I have no plans on remembering that song. Right. Like today, I did three notes in the church. I wouldn't play those same three notes again. If we went up there right, right now and you said, play it again, I couldn't. I could play a different version of it, but I could never play it again. And I find that exciting as a creative that it's a one-off. It's, it's a gift. I did it. There it was. That was it. We'll do it again. I can't. That, right. that, that was it. That was it. And that excites me because that keeps the muse going that makes my muse happy and while i'm saying this to you what's coming to my mind is more specifically because you and your listeners you might think oh well the muse gets excited because he created it no i'm going to tell you the opposite the muse gets excited because i created it and let it go
0: oh great right
1: right it's the letting it go when if you sat down and you just wanted to write you're going to spend five minutes writing I don't know what you'd write. You may not know what you write, and you may rip it up and throw it in the trash can because you were just writing so the muse and you could have right. that dance. Now, take me to when you're going to start writing another book. Oh, well, now it's a different thing. Now you have to theme and outline, right? right? So like if I'm going to start writing a new show, a new musical for myself, okay, well, I'm going to write this one about cancer. Let me see, now it's different because I want to repeat it. That's a different energy where when I'm just creating, and again, three notes is the perfect example of it. I have no idea what notes are going to be said. I have no idea what kind of mood I'm in. When I hear the notes, I create it, I give it, and then it's gone. And like, like when you blow out a candle, the smoke goes up and it's gone. Right. And that's beautiful for me.
0: I mean, I think what is so, like when I'm writing, um, I like what I call the barfing out stage mm. where you're sitting down at a keyboard and just typing and typing and typing and it yep. just flows out, it flows out, yep. it flows out. What I hate is in having to go back 100,000 times and edit it and give it to critics and critics tear it apart and they tell you this part sucks and that yep. part sucks it's like yep. it takes the wind right out of the yep. cell whereas I think you're right if you're doing something and it's greasing the wheels it keeps the muse going I mean just constantly listening and reading and yep. thinking and talking like in you know, this podcast and I kind of stumbled into this I, it was really funny um, my muse back a long time ago said, well, the first time I heard a podcast, they said, you could do this, you should mm. do this. And I thought to myself, well that's cool, I've been around you long enough to, to quit saying yes but, right. or to make the long list of things that said no I how to do this. Because <laughs> you, know, you were the one who really encouraged me to do a podcast, yeah. you told me to get a little snow globe, yeah. Uh, yeah. microphone, and you were like, I think yeah. you were like the second person I interviewed on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I just started. And then it was like this thing that has now become a thing. And it's not near as big as I'd wanted to be. Like, you know, but I have to say you have to do it and you have to get in the moment. You have to love it. And then you have to let it go. And and I have to tell myself, whoever's supposed to listen to it will listen to it. And maybe someday it'll become like a Rob Bell. You know, who knows? But I have to love what I'm doing and I'm passionate about it. It keeps my creative juices going. And I get to meet some really exciting people. And here's some profoundly moving stories. I just, I love doing this.
1: Well, look where we are right now. I mean, you physically look, even though the people can't, give them a little bit of description of where we are with what's around us compared to you in your office with one snow globe.
0: Yeah, because, you know, Will, it happened when you were here. We started one time talking about, wouldn't it be great to have a studio Uh, where we could do green screen videos, whatnot, and so that then after the renovation that we just got done doing, we had a room that was available, and they said, let's make it a storage room, make it a Sunday school room. I said, hell no, that's the dream. That's the dream. So we set it up. Someday, if you come to Columbine, you need to come downstairs in the basement and look at it. We have uh, green screen set up for video. We've got sound stuff on the ceilings and on the uh, walls, and then I have a table set up with four bitchin' microphones. I, can I say that on yes, the radio? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Four great yep. microphones with uh, where we get to do this, and uh, so no, it's it's the kind of the dream becoming a reality. Yep. Because it starts with a little thing that says, this little voice that says, "Hey, you can, you can do this. You have something there that you know." You've never done this before. It's kind of, it's not writing a book. It's not writing poetry. It's not writing a novel. It's not preaching a sermon. It's not anything. But this little voice has said, you know what? You can do this, and you might even be halfway good at doing this. And here we are.
1: Well, and look at your face. I mean, it's fun for me to sit, you know, six feet across from you because your eyes are lighting up. Yeah, and I won't say it on the podcast because people might find it offensive. So I won't say it. There are some things you've had to do that didn't light your eyes up. Yeah. <laughs> so, but even on this podcast, your eyes are lighting up while you were just talking that sentence. That's that's a thing. Right. Like one of the, again going back to the sermon, one of the things you asked us to talk about today was the things you learn not to do. Right. Out in the deep water, and those were the things when my eyes were not lighting up. When I was calling my wife, well, I, I'm i driving a so-and-so, and I've got to—and you could hear it. You could hear it in your voice. There are times when we've talked, right. when I've heard it in your voice, and I'm like, you do not want to be doing that.
0: Well, you know, the the thing I keep on—when uh, we <laughs> we would be in meetings together, and there would be a crashing bore or something, we were go uh. someplace, and he would say— that's two hours of my life I'm not ever yeah. going to get back again. Yeah. You know, I think that I, at this stage in my career, I'm really good at saying, no, Good. that's not what I'm called to do. Good. No, no, I'm not spending my time. Yeah, good. I know you want me to be on your committee. Yeah, You. I know, I know. No, No. I am not doing that. I, I have precious little time left in my life, even though I'm going to live to be 120, I don't want to spend an hour doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing.
1: Well, and, you know, I I only know of the one, so you can correct me if I'm wrong on the podcast. But, you know, you and Phoebe have Holden. Right. So would you rather be spending an hour with Holden doing dot, 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 whatever it is.
0: Right, playing with or dinosaurs. Or sitting
1: in a committee meeting. Yeah. Right. Picking the paint color for the yeah. third bathroom. But I mean, we're at that place where we have to make those choices. And maybe a a little spirit like a Holden lets you refocus that and say, I don't need to be in the paint color meeting. I'm good. I'm going to go meet my grandson and we're going to go run around the park together.
0: Like every once in a while, I'm I'm sitting in church meetings and whatnot, or they ask me to do stuff. I think to myself, where did you get the idea that you think I'm good at Yeah business, at accounting, at this, at that. No, I know how to speak. I know how to write. I know how to talk. I know how to teach. Just because I'm a senior pastor doesn't mean I'm good at at every other thing you think I'm supposed to be good at. No, that's ridiculous. That's why we have other people who are really good at this stuff because I'm not going to spend my time sucking my energy going stuff down the toilet
1: and you know what's weird for what's hard probably for people like you and i creatives and all the creatives we know is that there are people who enjoy that yeah right the accountant who's like i love figuring this out we're gonna work this problem and they get excited then let them
0: do it let them do it
1: send me a little email tell me how it went yeah love you go (laughs)
0: like when they send me detailed minutes about what they did it's like don't don't right. I don't need to know. Just let me know that we're going to be solvent again right. at the end of the month, and then let's just keep on going. Right. And if we're not going to be solvent, then sing me a little song about it. I don't want to know if we're going to crash right. into an iceberg.
1: Right. And you know, you want to say to those people, how about this? How about you preach next Sunday? It's right. so easy. It's it's just not. It's not a big deal. You preach next Sunday.
0: And that's not to diss the accounts because <laughs> no, I need the no. accounts. I need something to balance my checkbook. Absolutely. I mean, as my wife said, I don't let you get near a checkbook. Yep, I'm absolutely. I'm not letting you get near a checkbook. Absolutely. So as you're right. you got to let those people, and if that's their creativity, let that be their creativity. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: 100%. Couldn't agree more.
0: Okay, I'm going to take a left turn. Uh, today, folks, it is uh, January 22nd. Mitch and I uh, did a dialogue sermon today. You can go on Columbine United Church's Facebook page. Or, no, I think it's in our YouTube channel. And you can see our dialogue from today, which I really encourage you to do, where we talked about big deep water fishing versus um, shallow harbor fishing. We used a section of the gospel where Jesus tells Peter to push out into deep water and fish on the other side of the net, or fish on the other side of the boat, and they caught a bunch of fish, big fish. And so Mitch and I were talking about that. Um, Sometimes we're called to go out into the deep water to, uh, to kind of explore life and to go where um, there is not a lot of shoreline to hang on to. So Mitch, I want you to talk about your life since you left Columbine as far as being deep water. You know, as
1: I said at the sermon this morning, it's scary. It's scary to make that choice because it, it's a big choice, not the little choice. It's a big choice. It can be exciting, and it can be a lot of things. And for me, it was scary. It was scary to not know where we were going, to not know what we were doing. Uh, and for in my business, the n- greater New York City area is sort of the the mecca. That right. That's the place in right. my industry where we go. And um, I'm not young anymore. I'm not 20 anymore, you know. And you think, do I have the skills? Do I have what it takes? And you start making the phone calls, and you start feeling scared, and you make the phone calls. And I remember a man reached out to me from a theater. They needed a rehearsal piano player for a, a show they were doing. Could I come out? He'd never met me. He had just heard about me. And I said, well, yeah, you know, I can, and I'll never forget the day, and this was just three years ago, that I got in the car to drive to this place, and I looked at my wife like I was a kindergartner going off to school, not with that <laughs> excited energy, with that scared energy. I drove out to this place, walked in the front door, didn't, didn't know anyone, knew zero people, Walked in the front door, and there was a man sitting kind of in the back of the theater. Yeah, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm Mitch. I'm, I'm here to play piano for rehearsal. So as I'm taking steps fo- following Kenny down to the front, from the front of the stage, I hear someone yell out, oh, my God, it's Mitch Samu. We are so <laughs> fine, you guys. There was someone I worked with with Brenda Billings.
0: Oh, you're kidding! In Evergreen. Wow. On that stage. Wow, talk about a small freaking world. How long did it take the the planets to line that up to get that person in that stage <laughs> at the right moment for her to say, for the talk about the angels working to line something up to tell you yeah, baby, you're in the right place. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yes. The synchronicity. Yes, the syzygy that yes. one of your great lines, yes. the yep. syzygy of
1: that. And then, and I was it's funny, I was just sharing this this morning with someone after service. And it, this may sound strange to you as someone who knows me so intimately and may strange say sound strange to others who know me on the podcast. One of the big things I worry about when I sit at the piano, even today, even right now, because I just started a new show a couple of weeks ago, a week ago. When I sit there, should I be me or should I be a version of me, right? Right. And whether it's being over 60 or I don't know what it is, but 100% of the time when I sit at a piano and I'm me, it makes total sense to me. I'm not saying you're gonna like it. You may not like it. Right. But if you're not gonna like it, I want you to not like the me. Right. Not, oh, well, that was like a version of me. Yeah. So every time I go to a different thing, even even a week ago when I was leaving for this new show that I'm working on, you know, Kristen said to me, Make sure that you're you yeah. when you sit and play. Because you're in the you're in the deep water. Right. I'm just Mitch. I'm just Mitch. I'm one little boat in the deep water. So when I get to that piano, are you going to be you or are you going to pull up and say, oh, oh. And as soon as you pull up, that's when there's problems. As soon as you pull up and you stop the boat, now things start falling. You got to be you. And because that's the only thing I can be is well, you know, me.
0: So the thing that comes to me another Mitchism that uh, that has stuck with me throughout my life if you're going to light it, smoke it. Don't just sit there with a lit cigarette and just kind of pretend. If you're going to have a joint in your hand, then inhale it, baby, and go for it. If you're going to suck, suck. Big.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. This cast that I'm working with, this is an all black musical and one of the songs takes place in a Baptist church. Well, when I got to the show, it was a couple of days after they'd started rehearsing. So we're, we're in, we're about to run this number in the Baptist church. So here I am with these incredible performers who have a history, who are going to a black Baptist church on Sunday morning in their own life. So I start playing and I'm hearing all of these people sing like so small, like really, like, and, and I stopped them. I said, what are you guys doing? I don't understand. <laughs> well, that, that, like, that's the notes on the page. I said, oh my, shut the book, you guys. <laughs> just be for a second. I started playing the way I play. Uh. They started riffing together. Just We just, we just riffed. We, there was no judgment, right? There's a key. There was no judgment. And all five, all six, the director started. And all of a sudden, they're in it. And you, even now, as I tell the story, I have goosebumps. And when we stopped, I said, that's where we start now right that that's where we start yeah that was real and you could just feel the sense of relief from all of them because they said so you're telling me it's okay to be me I said I'm I'm begging you to be you because if you're not you we're getting short-changed because I need you and it it was so freeing, and that's that's the same thing. My my minister at First United Methodist, I always p- play preludes there, and I try and play kind of sort of mellow, prayerful preludes, uh-huh. and it's often a hymn, you know, out of the All hymn. Right. And for whatever one, for whatever reason, one morning, I just didn't feel like doing a hymn, so they do the announcements, and and the person who finished these announcements, now it's time to prepare ourselves for worship, and I usually play some lovely, calm, right. little thing. So I stood up at the piano, and I said, you know, you guys, I really feel compelled to just mess around at the piano for about three minutes. (laughs) So I said, this is just me messing around, right? And that brings me so much joy. It's like piano robbing, Right. right? I had no plan. There was zero plan. I just started playing. Couldn't tell you what I played. I couldn't play it again. So I finish, and I come to a lovely ending, and I finish, and I stop. And the minister now is up at the pulpit, and he, he waits five, ten seconds. You know, and you don't know what he's going to say. And he said, and it, got, it makes me emotional when he said it. He said, what a beautiful mess.
0: What and a beautiful I thought, mess? I thought, M-E-S-S? Yeah. What because, a beautiful because mess.
1: Because I was messing around, and what he was saying was, if that's messing around, I'll take it because <laughs> that's beautiful. And I thought, thanks, because that was me. That was me playing me, and he said, "What a beautiful mess! What a way to start our service! I am so uplifted by you just sharing who you are, and not looking at a music, not being on the page." So it's,
0: well, you know, what that takes me to is when I was um, writing poetry in college. Our, we'd bring in these poets, you know, to come speak to this, you know, seniors colloquium. And the poets kept on saying you got to find your own voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to find your voice. Mm-hmm. Don't pretend to be somebody else. You got to find your own voice. When you write in your voice, no one might never read it, but it's coming from you and from your heart and soul. And I think that's the same like with me in preaching. I used to listen to all the great mm-hmm. sure. preachers to try to emulate them, and I learned a lot from doing that, but I learned a lot about what I don't want to do. And I learned I finally honed in on a few people that I really like. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to them, and then I realized I can't even be them. I have to preach my own voice. I have to preach what is authentically me. And even though people might think that sucks, at least I know I'm me. And I'm honest with myself. I'm honest with uh, my muse, my angels. I'm honest for what I think God wants me to be doing with my life. And and there's a sense of authenticity around that that feels good. So it's like, let's go back to the account. I want an accountant to be them. I don't want them ripping me off. Right, right. But I want them to be good. Right. I want them to be them. I mean, right. my youth minister, my uh, you know architect, an engineer, yeah. uh, a guy who holds a street sign you know, to protect people from plowing into the construction workers on the side of the road. I mean, even that guy, I want him to be him and do his job, yeah. what he was created to be and to do. Because yeah. we're all needed were all necessary so yeah. if you're listening to this podcast and if you're th- you're sitting there thinking ah oh, should i you know can i, I mean, go talk a little bit about what um did you say it this morning or did you say it to me when we were talking earlier in the week where you say you got an idea and then it comes a but and then it comes a list of things you can't do go f- go over that that was good yeah
1: you know you get an idea and it could be anybody it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter but you know you have an idea too. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, Let's just use an example. I'm just going to pull one off the top of my head. I'm going to plant a radish garden, right? Who knows, right? Often it's no is usually the first response. A
0: radish garden?
1: (laughs) Or but, or, or, well, olives. Like I hate olives, right? I still think God (laughs) hasn't gotten olives and coffee right. Those are the two things I think he's still working on. But you want to create something and you say, well, no, I can't. And again, I want to go back to the snowball. You used the word uh, a podcast. I don't even know if we knew what that meant. And I was like, go buy a snowball. So you spent $99 and bought a snowball. And now look where we are. Right. Because it started with a snowball. So yeah, we start with no or but. And then we are so good as humans with the list of why it's not right. going to work. Right. Rather than, as Joel Olstein says, so you know, I'm a big fan of and I listen to his stuff a lot. Yeah, but what if you did? What if you did and it worked and right. it happened? Right. What if you did? Um, I, think of, I think of Hamilton, the famous Broadway musical. Right. What a stupid idea. What a <laughs> dumb idea. I mean, I'm picturing Lin-Manuel speaking to his wife, speaking to his buddies. I have the greatest idea in the world. A multiracial rap musical about Alexander Hamilton. Who's in? (laughs) Who's in on that? Because you'd be like, that is the dumbest idea on the planet Earth. But see, it only took Lynn to say, but I believe in that idea. I'm going to water that idea. And I want to say something on the podcast right now, all of you listening... Hold Steve to this, because I said this to Steve a bunch of years ago, and I don't think he's ever done it. So I'm throwing down in the studio right now because it's really easy for you to be up there and say, hey, Mitch, we're going to do three notes and have me do three notes. I said this to you a long time ago, and I've said it many times over our history together, and I'm putting the gentle challenge in front of you. All right, here we go. Some Sunday, have nothing prepared. Don't have a Bible verse prepared. Have nothing prepared. And walk up. And if the Bible is your book, if that's what you want to use, if it's, if it's something else, you open it up. And something there, and you say, this is what we're going to talk about today. And do your <laughs> thing. And you're not going to have any sexy slides or yeah. anything like that. And you know what? Now I'm going to throw down to tag. What if you were to do that? What if you were to say, hey, tag, on March 8th, I'm, I'm winging it.
0: Tag Worley is the drummer. He's the sound guy. Your He's tech guy who helps tech create guy, video. Right.
1: What if you said to Tag, while I'm talking, you're going to go on the internet and find a slide or two to put up behind me. Let that vibe happen.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. But
1: because you are a teacher. You are a preacher. You We, we figured it out once, how many things you've preached at. It, and it was t- heading towards the 10,000. No, it
0: was 3,000.
1: Okay, seems like more, because how many years you've been doing this?
0: I've been doing this for, uh, going on 40 years.
1: Okay, so 40 years. So someone out there in the accountant world, 40 (laughs) years, basically, let's call it twice a week. Let's call it twice a week. Because, you know, you take vacation, and I get that you've been on sabbatical, but then we do Christmas, where you do five or six services. You do memorial services, right? So 40 times 52 times two, the number gets up there pretty quickly. And I just... For me, as your creative friend who you watch, and in fact, you called me out this morning to do it, to do three notes, it's not meant to be a challenge, oh, you're gonna fail, that's not what it means. I think you might find it freeing one day to feel what that feels like, to just, have you ever jumped out of a plane? No. Okay, I jumped out of a plane once with a guy (laughs) on my back, right? Perfectly good plane, that's the joke, right? Why are we jumping out of the perfectly good plane? You jump out of the plane and, you know, they're taking your video and your face is flopping and, you know, it's all that, right? And it's loud and it's crazy and you're thinking this is totally insane. Then they pull the thing, the the parachute, right? And it goes from the loudest, most obnoxious wind tunnel sound you've ever heard in your life to complete silence. Because think about this for a second. You're floating with the wind. The reason we hear wind is because the tree isn't moving. The wind is hitting the tree. So we're hearing the friction of the wind in the tree. So you're floating with no sound. You went from the loudest sound because you're fighting the wind to a parachute that says, let's go with the wind. Let's find the wind. And it's total science. But then here it comes. And this is going to make you go, oh, I don't <laughs> like that. This giant guy at my back and me, and I'm looking at 10,000 feet. OK, so I'm going first if anyone goes, right? <laughs> this guy on my back says to me in the total silence, hey, man, it's so tight. Let's loosen this up. And I'm like... There's no loosening. That's not a word I want to hear now. Loosening? What the hell? Well, what it is is when you jump with the guy, you've got to be one. Like, you literally have to be one. Then they loosen it so that he now has maneuverability. So it does drop that half an inch, that inch, to where you're not as tight. And I got to tell you, for those 20 seconds, whatever it is, right, it's just magic. Wow. Because there's nothing. Yeah. Like it's a sense of nothing. And I wonder for you, like when you have me do three notes, I am not, I'm not concerned if people like it. Like that's not in my brain. Right. Oh, I hope they're going to like what I'm going to do. No, I'm offering the gift as an offering. Liking, if they like it, of course that feels good. Of course it does. But for those, like today, for those two minutes or three minutes, however long I played it, it was just me and the music. There was no thought of good, bad. I hope people like it. And I just want to challenge you one day to to say to you and then maybe say to Tag, no idea what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) Set the timer and I'll only talk for 18 minutes or whatever your vibe is. But I'm telling you, I think you're going to be you're going to feel a freedom and you're going to be like, that was me.
0: That'd be fun. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll do that. I'll do that. I might do that the Sunday after Easter. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And
1: it's different than stump the pastor. Right. Why don't you explain stump the pastor so Stump the pastor
0: is where people come in with questions, and they ask me their questions, and I we sit there on the fly, and we talk about the questions they have about theology, about the Bible, about church history, about whatever, the church, you know, yada, yada, my personal life, yada, yada. Um, but that's something, Pastor. This is not something, yeah, Pastor. Yeah, and
1: this is something where I would even encourage you. Let's let's say you're going to do it the week after Easter. Let's just say that for right now. Sometime during that week, a book's going to pop out on your shelf, on your iPad. A book is uh, saying a word. Something's going to pop out, and you're going to say, that. I feel that. That yeah. yeah, yeah, there's something there. It doesn't have to be from the Bible. And you say, here's what we're going to talk about today, and then you— Talk your mind about it. I think it would be so beautiful, man.
0: So what do you say to people who are on the verge of it, verge of doing something, whether it's a write a piece of music, whether it's write a letter, write, whether it's um, play somewhere, go somewhere, take a trip, do whatever. They're on this creative something, but it's holding them back. How do you get past that that thing that holds you back. I mean, like if I did not have you in my life, I would have never written Sent the Sore, I would have never written The Jesus Path, I would have never written the Book on Suicide, I would have never, I would have never, I would have never tried doing a podcast. So there really was kind of you constantly goading me, do it, do it, do it. What do people do if they don't have a you in their life? to kind of get them going in their life, to take the risk, even if it's like a baby risk, but to take that first step to say, you can do this. Because I, I want people to, to hear this. Maybe this podcast is just one more thing to tell people, do it. Whatever you're supposed to do. do, it. how do you help people over that? What do you tell them to get over that baby step?
1: I think we're concerned with being judged by other people. Yeah. To, to me, get rid of that, and then the avenue opens up for you. Well, most, most, responsible, most responses start with the word well followed by a comma. Right. And I've said to you for years, whenever a sentence starts with well followed by a comma, don't listen to the rest of it because the rest of it's crap. Because <laughs> well says, I'm about to make an excuse. I'm about to make a sentence that says I can't, and I need you to agree with that. We're trying to protect ourselves. Someone's going to make fun of me. Someone's going to. You played violin at church. Right. Remember all those years ago? Yeah, uh, you yeah, played yeah, it. May yeah. have been joyful, joyful. It was joyful, right? joyful. Yeah. I wouldn't call you a great violinist. No. <laughs> right. Can we agree on that in the podcast? Yeah. Okay. But you, you did it. And I want to believe, and I hope, and then I want to talk about something Janet said uh, during services. I hope that when you did it, you weren't waiting for the response that's not why you did it no you did it to do it right Janet said to me too who's Janet uh, Janet uh, I, I, Eise I'm not am I Macese Maciseese yes she said to me that her life changed when we did one of our dialogue sermons years ago when I said to them the exact answer you're asking for me now don't care about what people think because my offering is genuine. My offering is genuine. It's the widow's might. Barry Brown and I talk about this all the time. It's the widow's might. The widow made an offering. She wasn't expecting a response, and she didn't do it to get a response where I would challenge you that the people with the money in the temple were hoping you saw them put their money in the basket to gain a response hey man, I saw what you put in there. That was awesome. That's why they did it. And whatever the Jesus parable is around the widow, that's not where it's at. It's the offering. So what's your intention when you offer? So for the people who are like, well, I can't because, well, comma, you're worried about what other people are going to say. And is your intention honest? Is your intention honest, or are you doing it for a manipulative reason? It's all going to fall apart, if that's the point. Well, it
0: goes back to being yourself. Yeah. you got to be yourself. you got to be your voice. Yep. You have to be your accountant. You have to be your poet. You have to be your yep. painter. You have to be your mom, your school teacher, your whatever. You can't be somebody else's something. You've got to do you. And then your offering is authentic. And I think that... God loves it. I think that your muse loves it. I think that your angels love it. I think that because everybody, I think probably heaven sings when you are who you are. And then when you who you are, things happen. I mean, doors start opening and you start doing some wonderful, creative things because you took that first step. You said something today I want to talk about also. um, where you said, uh, I said, what are we asking the people to do? And he said, simply, just try. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. Say something about that.
1: Make a left instead of a right. It, it's so simple. Make a left instead of a right. You're driving home. You're driving to work. You're driving home from work. You, make a left instead of a right. It's it's as simple as that. I, I Again, ref, re- referencing Joel Osteen, he made a comment on a recent um, sermon I was listening to where he said, Maybe the obedience in doing is the connection with God. Oh. So, like today, I said to Skip, right? Skip.
0: Make, oh, from church. Right, Got from it. church.
1: Make sure that you turn one turn different today. I didn't say to him, when you turn that turn, there's a pot of gold. I didn't say that. And Joel's point is maybe the obedience of doing is really the quest. He, Joel talks about, uh, again, I may not get this totally right, uh, a, a, a man in the army came to Elijah, I want to get rid of my leprosy, go down to the River Jordan and wash seven times. That was the, People think, well, that's the magic trick, I'm going to do it seven times. That's, that's not the point. It was the obedience of doing it. When he came up the seventh time, his skin was clear. It wasn't a magic formula. It was do it. And the obedience is what made it happen. So
0: can you imagine, can you imagine I'm interrupting. No. Imagine what that guy said. He thought, what do you mean take a bath seven times? This is insane. Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. What? Yeah. yeah. But he did it. He he went down to the river and he bathed seven times. Right. And and he followed through the the blessing was in the obedience to it. He didn't question it, he didn't doubt it. He just went and he freaking did it. He got a white snowball microphone and he sat down and he started talking. I mean it starts somewhere. Yes.
1: And and I'm sure, you know, even today, Steve, again, you know, maybe I'm letting them behind the curtain too much. (laughs) But even today, before we started, you had trouble getting the program working the way you wanted it to work. So if we look at that first snowball experience you did to now look at what you're doing, look at how you've come. But it was the obedience of saying, and maybe I was the helper to say, Steve, go buy a snowball. And like, the hell's a snowball? Like you didn't know what that was. But yet look at, look at what's happened. So, I, I, loved, I love what you just said. The blessing is in the obedience. And I believe my poker playing angels, my cigarette smoker poker playing angels, make the left. That's all we said. We, we didn't promise anything. We didn't say everything's solved. Make a left. That's all. Well, Kate, okay, wow, hey, he did it. So now maybe when that phone rings, we can say, pick the phone up, pick that call up. Say yes to what they're saying. But see, if you start with the simple things, saying yes starts to become easier when the phone rings. It's easier to say yes.
0: It's also easier to say no. Yeah. I mean, when the phone rings, you can discern immediately, am I going to do this? Do so I want to do this? No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to spend yep. another hour of my life doing something. Yep. I don't want to do that A soul-sucking. But like, it's really interesting. Like we're doing this thing in February called "Guns to Garden Tools." It's uh, where um, we do this thing where people come to the church on a Saturday, Saturday for twenty fifth, and you come with your gun. If you don't want a gun, if you have a gun, you don't want it. You inherited some. You have kids in the house, grandkids around. They don't want the guns. And you're gonna come to the church. This organization that we're working with. You're gonna hand them your gun. And depending upon what kind of gun it is, you're gonna get anywhere from a fifty dollars to two hundred fifty dollar uh, um, gift card for the gun for every gun you turn in. Somewhere there's di- a different gift card for every gun. So people like bringing an assault rifle. Assault rifle is two hundred fifty bucks. Anyways, they were putting out this call to uh, which church would be willing to to do this. It came across my desk immediately. It was just sent out from the Presbyterian Executive, and it came across my desk. And I knew my angel said, do it, do it. And I I emailed her like within seconds. I said, I'm it, I'm in, we're doing it. Columbine United Church, we're doing it. For some reason, shape or form, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. And it was like, I don't care what happens, Columbine United Church is gonna be hosting this event. It was so easy to say yes because I had said no to so many things that I, I wasn't going to serve on a committee. But this, yeah, I'll put some energy behind turning in guns and oh, and the guns to garden tools. Get this, you bring the gun in, they have chop saws, and they chop the gun in half, and they send it to these guys called Raw Tools, who take it and they melt them down, and they turn them into garden tools. They turn them into, hoes and spades and shovels isn't that cool swords into ploughshares swords into ploughshares because you say yes cuz you're you, you know you, you've said no to things that that are a time second you're not going to do, do it but
1: then but now what i want to say to you when is the date of this event you February 25th February 25th what i want to say to you then and i'll check with you on February 26th you said yes to this, okay? Yep. That's what I just heard you say. In fact, a passionate yes, yeah, a passionate. fast yes, and a passionate yes. Uh, so what I want to say to you is that so the the obedience and blessing is already finished, right? You said yes. Let's say one person comes, okay? Right. Let's say one person comes, right? You can I'm challenging you to say you can't have a a, a discernment that says. Well, it was a failure.
0: Oh no! Totally right? agree. Totally agree. See what I'm
1: saying? Because I could easily see where someone say, "Well, if we don't get 50 guns, this was a waste right. of time."
0: No, I'm all over that. In fact, you know, it's really funny. Is I know that if nobody turns in a gun, I'm still good with it because yep. at least we made it. O- we made it possible. And who knows? Somebody said, "Hmm, maybe," and the, the next time they will feel motivated to do it. It's like I think sometimes. You just got to put it out there that you're going to do something, and you let it go. You, you, the obedience is in the blessing. You do yeah. it, and then you got to let it go. You, I mean, it's like with the Bhagavad Gita talks about. The Hindu holy book says, "Do your work and let it go. You can't own it. You have to just do it and then let it go, because you have to go on to the next thing. It's the whole thing of what do you got next, baby? Yeah. So, talk about that. What do you got next? Well,
1: and I want to, re- I want to reflect before I go to what do you got next. <laughs> What what is your offering? Is your offering pure and and honest? You are offering an opportunity. That's what I hear. This event right. is you, Columbine Church, the Presbytery, right? Columbine Church, Steve Pouspenson. Let's put it in that right. order. You're making an offering. That's all you're doing. Right. You. you I don't. I hope you you didn't put anything out that said fifty guns or this is a failure and you no, all suck. No. You heard a call. You answered the call. The church supports the call. On the 25th of February at 9 a.m., you're going to be out there. And if nobody comes, nobody comes. The offering is what you made. That's the key. Now it's that person, as you just said, that says, nudge. Whoa, what was that?
0: Right. Because you never know that it might be, for them, it might be the next one. Yeah. Because then they start thinking about, well, do it. because there's a lot of people who end up with guns who either don't want them anymore or suddenly they have kids. And I'm a gun guy, right? Yep, I, I'm yep. a gun guy. Yep. But I don't want people to have guns if they don't want guns. Yep. This is a great safe way. F- Anyways, Yeah. it might just be that one thing that even if nobody comes, you do it and you let it go and you have yep. to trust that the angels that God is going to do something with that down the road, but you have to do yours. You have to say yes. So you yep. got to say yes. And you did. So what I said, and you're going to come back to what it. What else you got? What else you got? Yeah, do go there.
1: I had the honor um, a million years ago to meet with Henry Krieger, who you may not know. Henry Krieger is a famous composer of Broadway material. I got to have matzo ball soup with Henry Krieger. <laughs> we were up on the Upper West Side. This is 20 years ago. And I had matzo ball soup with Henry. And I said to Henry Krieger, do you have any advice for a composer that wants to be successful in Broadway? He said, you must have an answer to only one question. You must have an answer to the question, what else you got? And he said, let me tell you the story. Henry Krieger, had he wrote a show called The Tap Dance Kid, which featured Savignon Glover. And this is 25 years ago, 30 years ago. They had opening night on Broadway. So that's it. We're at the top of the mountain. It's opening night on Broadway. Top of the mountain. Henry is at the top of the mountain. Right. It's an unbelievably successful open. Henry shares the story. Goes home, wakes up to a phone call the next morning, and he sees that it's his agent. And Henry told me the story. The agent didn't say hello. The agent didn't say congratulations. The agent said... What else you got? It was literally the first words he said after wow. his Broadway opening. Henry said to the agent, and he told me this. He said, I reached over to my nightstand, and I opened a drawer in my nightstand, and I pulled out sheets of paper. And he said, I said to my agent, I've been working on this little idea loosely based on Diana Ross and the Supremes. I'm thinking of calling it Dream Girls. <laughs> He had an answer to the question. You have to have an answer to the question of what else you got. Because we're here for not even the finger snap of time. You know that. We just talked about it. We just did a beautiful celebration of life for Bev. We've done hundreds and hundreds of memorial services. We're here for not even a snap of a finger.
0: I think, you know, when you if you're asking the question, what's next, you're keeping yourself open and motivated and alive, that um, that if you don't ask that, you kind of go, eh, okay, I'm done, it, time to die, time to go, whatever. Yeah. Instead of, if you keep on keeping that creative juices going until the day you croak. You should be, you know, it's like my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is a pain in the ass she was at times, is a hero to me because literally the week before she died, she said, I can't die. I have to write another column. I mean, she was writing columns for this little tiny newspaper in Winchester, Kentucky. Every single week for the past 30 years, she wrote and she wrote. And she was a brilliant writer. Literally, the week she was dying, she said, I cannot die because I have a column to write. So it was with her up until her last breath that she was asking, so what do you got next? So what do you got next? Keep." And every week I would type her per, uh, her column for it because she couldn't type anymore. So I typed them. And, we, and then she goes, I wonder what we're going to talk about next week. I don't wonder what we're going to talk about next week. And she always had that, con- you know, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Mitch Samuel, we have been going for close to an hour. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Love doing this. Thank you for being on the you podcast. Be, thank you. You're always fun. Such a great mentor. And I want you to pay attention to everything Mitch does. You can find him on Facebook. You can be his friend on Facebook. He sends out uh, little um, positive, uplifting messages throughout the day. He does his piano robs. He does Mitch talks. Is uh, a... He's, um, Facebook, the best way to find you? That's
1: the you? best way. Yeah, that's the best way. Yeah.
0: And you don't mind people asking not to be your at friend? All. No, okay, not Okay, cool. All right, this is Cowboy Jesus Podcast. Thank you for giving us about an hour of your time. We hope that this was meant something to you. You can catch my blog, the Cowboy Jesus blog. I try to publish that at least once a week, maybe every other week. We ride the rodeo of religion and life, which is really not about cowboying. It's about being a maverick voice, being something out there that's just a little bit different. And I want you to be just a little bit different. Take that first step. Hear your creative muse say, come on, baby. Take that first step. It is great having you with us today. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Take care.